Hello, and welcome to Midweek in the Word podcast, brought to you by Faith Bible in Lincoln, Nebraska. Every week, we strive to become better readers, hearers, and doers of God's Word. Look for us every Wednesday where you stream your podcasts. Here's our host, Faith Bible's Adult Ministries pastor, Brad Myers. Hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of Midweek in the Word. Thanks so much for coming back and for joining us here on the podcast. Uh, today, I must confess to you, uh, it's going to be a bit atypical um, because we have an extremely daunting task before us. If if we think that the last few books have been difficult to cover in one week, uh, this is going to get even more difficult. Uh, not only are we tackling the Old Testament book with the most chapters and verses, um, but it's also poetry, <laughs> which we tend to struggle with, uh, and it's for most of us a very challenging read. Um, but it's also one of the most beloved books in the Bible to Christians throughout history. As you may have guessed, I'm talking about the Psalms, the 150 chapters of the book of Psalms. I cannot wait to get into this, but I know we're just going to scratch the surface of it. Um, but before we get into that discussion, I want to introduce our guest on the podcast and our guide to this book. Back again for his second consecutive week on the podcast, Gordon Opp, one of FBC's adult teachers. Uh, welcome back to the podcast, Gordon. Thanks, Brad. It's good to be here. I'm glad to have you here. Uh, listeners, again, as I mentioned last week, if you missed Gordon's bio, a little bit about him on April 20th, I'd encourage you to go back and listen through that to get a sense for who Gordon is and how uh, he's come to the point where he is in his life life now and how he's teaching at faith and things like that. So go and check that out if you missed that on April 20th. Um, But before we actually get into the actual content of the book of Psalms, as always, I want to take a moment and look back on where we were at on Sunday morning. We had the privilege of having Brad Orta, one of Country Bible's pastors uh, and a returning guest on the podcast in our pulpit on Sunday. He tackled our third devotion from Acts 2, 42 through 47, Devotion to Fellowship. Uh, Listeners, if you missed that message, remember you can always find those on Faith Bible Church or faithbiblelincoln.org, excuse me, you can click on the sermons icon and find any of those past sermons uh, from whoever's in the pulpit, Brad, this last week, obviously, or you can search for Faith Bible Church Lincoln, Nebraska, wherever you get your podcasts, you can follow our sermons feed as well. Um, all right, Gordon, we've we've got a few minutes left, all right? <laughs> it's going to go by quickly, I know, with 150 chapters here in Psalms, um, but let's dive into this here. Um, obviously, as we've noted, this is a book that people love. Most of our listeners, I'm sure all of our listeners will be familiar with this book. They maybe have a personal favorite psalm or two of their own, um, but it's an extremely large book with 150 psalms in it. Where do we start? <laughs> what is? How do we start tackling this book? Obviously, there's not a specific occasion or situation. There's multiple involved in Psalms, but give us a sense for the book. Well, the book is a collection of ancient uh, poems and and some that were put to music. It's not a uh, a hymnal uh, as such, mm-hmm. but it is a collection of uh, poems uh, about God, obviously. And they were put together in in an order that does make sense. If you just read it, uh, and I'm no expert on this, I've just read what I've been told. And also, if you if you look in the uh, Psalms, you'll see it says Book One, mm-hmm. Book Two. Mm-hmm. So there's five books uh, in the Book of Psalms as well. So, the, but your question was, how do we? What is it? Or yeah, how do we yeah. read it? It's very very personal. Mm. And what's really interesting is sometimes we don't know how to pray mm. or what to pray because of the situation we're in. And here God has given us prayers that we can actually re- recite, read, and apply them to our situation. Mm. And whatever your situation in life is, that's why they're so beloved, is you can find 
that passage that that speaks to you. Mm. Obviously, um, what most of our listeners will be familiar with the fact that most of them being written by David, the, mm-hmm. you know, the king of Israel that we've already covered. You know, when we were talking about Samuel and and the the king period uh, in Israel's history, but a number of them being written by different people, right. uh, a large collection. Um, so obviously, there's there's different themes. You've noted the different the different books, the different segments going on. So why is the book organized? Again, if the Psalms are, there's a variety of Psalms, there's different types of Psalms, there's different occasions and personal situations going on. Why is the book organized in the way it is? Well, I'm not sure why, but I can tell you how I think it's organized. (laughs) Give give it a shot, Gordon. Let's see how this ends up. Chapters one and two are the introduction, Mm -hmm. and you can't have one without the other. If you're going to memorize it, if you're going to read it, always read chapters one Mm -hmm. and two together. And they're really not uh, it's anonymous. You really don't know who wrote yeah. those, yeah. which which is kind of interesting, as well. And then the the conclusion or the yeah the conclusion of the Psalms is the last five chapters, one forty six through one fifty, and they it ends each each chapter begins and ends with Hallelujah, praising mm-hmm. God uh, for. Uh, uh, for who He is, yeah. and and all of that. There's basically two types of psalms, uh, and they are laments and praises. Mm. And a lament is where you complain about the bad stuff that's in the world and ask God to help you, Mm. and we all have need for that. And then praise is noticing all the good that there is in the world and and how things have have worked out and how you've been blessed. Mm -hmm. And so psalms covers it all, Mm. whatever's going on in your life, yeah. What I've the way I've heard it referred to in the past is kind of it's Psalms provides a way to worship in every situation of life. Absolutely, you know I love that idea. There's obviously the praise Psalms, and we feel that you know there are times when we really feel like praising. There are times when we really are 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 excited about what God's doing about. Um, the way our life is going, things like that. And then there's the lament psalms, and then mm-hmm. there's the times. And uh, I think by best count, there's about 40, 40 to 50% of the psalms are lamentations. Right. Uh, the best definition I've heard for lamentations or lament is a lament is a prayer in pain that leads to trust. Right. It's oh, an expression good. of pain. It's an expression of what difficult circumstances, much like our discussion last week with the book of Job and what he was going through, that pain, the reality of the difficult situation of life, but they always have this, yet, Lord, but God, what is God doing? Yet I know you're faithful, and it leads to trust. It leads to praise, ultimately, as well. And most of the uh, lament psalms, you start out, they start out with a problem. This is what's going bad mm-hmm. and how it's affecting me. And that's sort of complaining in a way, but God's fine with that to mm-hmm. say how this is affecting me uh, in a bad way. And then there's usually some resolution mm-hmm. and you can trust. I do find it interesting Psalm 88 uh, never has a conclusion. Mm-hmm. And uh, the point of that uh, psalm for me is he, the, the author says, I come to you every morning and bring this complaint to you every mm-hmm. single morning, yet you don't answer mm-hmm. me. Yep. But it ends yep. with, I'm going to keep talking to you about That's it. That's it. That's it. And so when God doesn't give you an answer, there's a psalm for that as yeah. well. Yeah, but to lean into God and remember to pray. Right. Um, I, I do think that's a potent message. Obviously, listeners, we could go into a little more nuance. You know, there's there's different types of psalms that are a bit more specific as far as, you know, Hallel that are more the prayers or imprecatory, which is a type of lament. Um, but that 
you can do your own reading on that particular subject. Most of them fall into kind of this up or this down experience that we find. Okay, now this is probably one of the more challenging questions to ask here. Uh, the next question would be, how should the book be read? We recognize this is poetry, and most of us aren't great with poetry. Give us a New Testament epistle, we're great. Tell us what to do, but give me just this expression, this poetic metaphorical expression, and I get confused. You know, how, how do we read the Psalms, Gordon? My one-word answer would be personally. Yeah, yeah. Read them as your heart expression to God. Psalm 23 is probably the, the most known psalm there is. The Lord is my yeah. shepherd, I shall yeah. not want. Uh, and when it says at the end, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me, that word mm. follow means... Uh, strongly chasing after you. Yeah. And so, you know, read them personally. Um, there's one psalm that I, well, there's several that I really like, but Psalm 91, at the end of Psalm 91, there's quotation marks, and it says, because he has known me and loved me, I will honor him. The mm. quotation marks means God is speaking now. Mm. And so because I have acknowledged God and confessed him, he's going to honor me? I'm supposed to bless and honor and praise God, but there's a psalm that says he's going to honor me because I've called upon his name. Mm. So you need to read them personally like crazy. Mm. We, maybe we need to talk just a little bit about Psalm 1 and 2, yeah. which yeah. is the introduction. Yeah, that kind of frames the rest of the conversation. It and does. Psalm yeah. 1 is all about the Word. Mm-hmm. Uh, blessed is the one that doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. And the word is paramount, okay, God's word. And yeah. they would have thought of the Torah, yeah. but it's used interchangeably, not just the Torah, but all of God's word. Yep. I also find it interesting that the Torah has five books, and there's five books in the book of Psalms. Yeah, yeah. And some people would say that it's the, the, the new Torah. Then the Psalm 2 is all about the Messiah. The coming king. Mm, yeah. And so I've, I've had it say, I read this in my preparations for today. It says, Psalms is the prayer book of God's people who are striving to be faithful to the word and waiting for the messianic kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, is, that is a really good, a really good way to anticipate it. Because obviously, one of the things, Psalms becomes in the New Testament one of the most quoted books as people look back to the Psalms, you know, and my God, my God, why have you forsaken oh, me? Directly out of Psalm. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> like, there's so many times that we run into it, and we're like, there's, there's all these messianic... I mean, we're going to get into where Christ has testified about it. I want to talk about that specifically a little bit. But there's all of this anticipation, which really does speak to that point of, you know, how do we worship God in the waiting, you know, in that mm. waiting time, when sometimes times are good and we need to worship God and praise God, when sometimes times are bad and we need to lament and praise God in that how do we worship Him while we wait for, for the Israelites, it was the Messiah coming. For us, it's obviously Christ's second return. You know, right. return. Um, but nonetheless, Psalms gives us, to your point, and I, I don't know if that who was that quote. I don't know if that was a quote from somebody or where you ran into it. I got that, that from the Bible Project. Yeah, it's just it's so good articulation of it gives expression to what our hearts oftentimes don't even know how to express in our own words. We can read the Psalms. We can pray the Psalms, both in good and bad times, and it expresses what so often is true of our hearts. We want to be true to God's Word. We want sound doctrine and good theology, but sometimes we can get so caught up in that that we fail to personalize it, Mm. and the Psalms really helps us to personalize it. Uh, Psalm 19 is all about uh, 
the word. I, yeah. I love the way that starts out because it says the heavens declare yeah. the glory of God and shouts out who he is without a word. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there's all of creation. And then it goes on about, and it delineates different parts of the scripture and how wonderful they are and and how they they affect us so pos- positively. Yeah. And they're sweeter than honey mm. and, and all of that. Um, so there again, the word is right there. Yeah. Okay, so we're we're reading all of the rest of the Psalms through the light of Psalm 1 and 2, through the anticipation of the coming Messiah, also through this idea of following in the way, in the word, listening to what God has to say. Obviously, we're reading them personally, recognizing they're highly, they're, they're written somewhat generically with an intent to, to speak specifically to where we're at and what's going on in our lives. Um, what about, speak, speak specifically a bit to to the poetic nature of it. How do we read poetry? Because this isn't, it's not rhymy. It's not the cadence that we expect. It's not kind of what we are used to in poetry. How do we read poetry well? <laughs> I think you stumped me there. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. It doesn't rhyme. I, you know, I think of poetry. And of course, it was written in a different language. Yes, yes. Uh, what I think about is the intricacies of it. Yeah. Like, isn't it Psalm 119? Uh, that's all about the word. Mm-hmm. And yep, and it goes through the Hebrew language. Each yep. one starts with a different uh, yeah. Hebrew letter. And I mean, that's just absolutely fascinating how, how it can do that. And then even in the, the, the ending of it, Psalms 146 to 150, the middle of that, Psalm 48, 148, mm. is the climax. And it talks about the, uh, the horn, yeah. uh, which is Christ coming back and all of that. So... The nuances, just when I read a little bit about it, I go, wow. Mm. And so then when I'm reading it myself, I just, I don't know that I dwell on every word, more every thought, Mm. and I'll read it and reread it. And, you know, when it's repeats something several times or it goes back or it has groups of twos and groups of threes, uh, I take that very seriously and say, okay, I need to compare these yep. and see what they're talking about. So, yep. so reading it personally, and maybe you're adding reading it slowly, reading yes. it intentionally. Poetic literature has to be read very slowly. There's a lot of metaphors. There's a lot of similes. There's a lot of imagery that you have to be like, okay, why did he say that? <laughs> why is it Why is it this picture? Why is it? And, and, and to turn those things over in our mind is really critical. Um, okay, well, I, I guess let me let me take a moment. Let me speak. I'll try to answer my own question okay, here as well, good. because I love what you're saying as far as, you know, Psalm 146 sitting in the middle or some of the things that seem repeated. One of the things we struggle, I think, with Hebrew poetry is because it's not cadence, because it's not rhyme, the, the emphasis in Hebrew poetry is on parallelism. So it's on structure. And we tend to not necessarily think that way. So you get a line and then you get the line repeated. And we're like, well, why did they just repeat that line twice? Because they're emphasizing something, you know, or uh, let me geek out here <laughs> a little bit, uh, the idea of a chiasm, you know, where something will be, it'll look like a mirror image, and what is in the middle is the emphasis, you know, so you think of Psalm 146 and what you're talking about, how there, there's a kind of a stepping up and then a stepping down, and at the heart of it is this reality, you know, and so I love some of the structural things that you see in the Psalms. It doesn't lay out kind of like we as Westerners think, where we're like, okay, give me the staircase steps, give me the logical flow, we'll figure it all out. It's more like it's going to keep coming back, look for the drumbeat, look for the way the structure continues to reemphasize main points, and we'll say it more than one way about the same thing. 
And some of that, I think, to exactly your point, is, is exactly what the Psalms is meant to be read. But it's not going to rhyme, and it's, it's not going to have the cadence. It's not going to sound like Robert Louis Stevenson uh, when we're reading the Psalms. But there is some incredible, incredible, beautiful imagery. And the structure, I think, is one of the things that's, like, literarily, some of the beautiful structural things that we see in the Psalms, such as Psalm 119. And the fact that you've got these phrases all started with a different letter Again, to help people remember it, to help people memorize it, to emphasize the significance here. Okay, so one of the things that's probably difficult to transition into is we recognize that because these are so specific, because they're meant for all sorts of different aspects of life, that are, you're going to be harder probably to find one common message in the book of Psalms. But, but if you can try and synthesize down 150 Psalms into one message, what is it that Psalms is trying to communicate to us? Well, one thing is that God is personal. Hmm. Uh, it's not. He's not a theory. He's not a theology. Uh, he's. He is a personal God that cares and knows what it's like to be human because of the incarnation. Yeah. Um, of course, and and he created us, so he knows everything about humanity. But the emphasis is on his word, and that he's coming back for us. Mm. The whole plan. Of, of salvation is is in there. Yeah. I I think of so many... I mean, one, one of the psalms that has been impactful to me uh, personally is Psalm 51, just the repentance aspect of Psalm 51. But the intimacy that David clearly has with God, even when he's wrestling with a sin he's committed there, right? Have mercy on me, O God, right? Like... For you know my transgressions. Yes. Like, you know exactly what's going on in my heart. Can't hide anything right? from you. And he goes, behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. God, you, you, you knew me before I was even born. You know, I mean, all of these aspects, I mean, this incredible intimacy of God knowing our hearts, knowing our lives, knowing our situations, knowing what's going on in our head. Uh, it's an incredible reality that Psalms just explores again and again. Exactly. I love Psalm 51, and I have to... Read through that more often than I should. <laughs> <laughs> that whole repentance psalm is a go-to for some of us. But you talk about God knowing you, then you can go to Psalm 139, and yeah. He knows every word that comes out of your mouth before you even say it. He knows when yeah. you're sitting up and when you're lying down and all of that. But back to Psalm 51, I love it when David says, against you and you only have I done this evil in thy sight. And I go, yeah. really? Yeah. What about Uriah? You got him killed. <laughs> there was one or two other people heard in this exchange. <laughs> you know? Yeah, But... That point, you know, when I read that, I think, well, what about Uriah? That's not right. Uh, but it is all about our relationship with God. Yeah. Not that Uriah was inconsequential. Right, uh, right. Not at all. Right. But that he's so much, God's, our relationship and having sinned against God is so primary. Mm. Okay. All right, let's, let's shift then. Okay, we've got it. We can't, we can't finish talking about the Psalms, especially, you've already talked about Psalm 2. We can't finish talking about the Psalms without talking about the Messianic Psalms, without talking about how again and again this book points us forward to Christ. Where do we see Christ testified about in the book of Psalms? Well, it's repeated, you know, that he's, he's coming, and yeah. it, it, all of the promises from the Old Testament, they're, they're in there. Yeah. And then Psalm 22 is probably the hmm. highlight for me, because long before there was ever such a thing as Roman crucifixion, uh, Psalm 22 is... Telling us how it happened, <laughs> which is just phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, so to be honest, I I haven't prepared for all of what's in there. I know that it talks about the exile, and it talks about when when the Jews were really rebellious, and mm-hmm. where was God in all of this? 
And so it's there are good times and there are bad times, and it's all there. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, clearly throughout the Psalms, you know, to your earlier point, there is an anticipation of one who will come. Like it just, it just begs for that Messiah to come. You know, I mean, again and again, the the, the I, I, we could go through every Psalm that has you know that messianic projection looking forward. Um, but listeners, you can you can find that for yourself if you do some ser- searching on that. But the reality is, throughout the Psalms, it's very, very clear that it is anticipating someone. It is anticipating the king. I mean, the Zion language, and I mean, there's so many Psalms that, that basically beg. And then again, like I said, in the Gospels, we see continually Christ going back to the content of Psalms and saying, look, it was telling you I was coming over and over and over and over again. Right. Uh, also from the Bible Project, I got kind of a summary. It's about the word and looking for the Messiah. Mm. It's about lament and praise, because there's times for us to really cry out in our suffering. Yeah. But then there is faith and hope. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, we have the word, and we've told about the messianic promise. We know there's bad and good in the world, and it addresses all of that. And then we have faith in him coming, yeah. and that's our hope. Yeah. Amen. And Psalms is a great source of hope. Uh, to us personally, no denying it. Okay, so that's obviously going to relate to what our final question is as far as applying this book to our lives. Uh, How do we read the Psalms, and how do we begin applying what God would have us do, believe, desire as a result of our time in the Psalms? Again, like we started out, you make it personal. I mean, prayer, we are so... We we neglect prayer Mm. all the time. And you think, well, what should I pray? The Psalms are full of prayers. Yeah. Open them up, and I would suggest just read through or listen through. That, that's what I do, and I'll come to one that I hadn't thought about before, and it really speaks to my mm. situation right now, and then I'll dwell on that one, and I'll just pray it. Yeah. So make it personal. Yeah. That's what part of what, why I think they're there, uh, and so you don't have to do research. You don't have to find out what uh, you're supposed to pray about. It's there. Yeah. I'm trying to remember who who wrote that book. There's there's a book, Praying the Word, and I don't remember what it was, but it's the idea of praying the truths and promises of Scripture, and no place is that clearer or maybe easier <laughs> than throughout the book of Psalms. I think that's the point uh, to make, is that it's easy. Yeah. So take advantage of it. It's right there. Yeah. Amen. Very, very true. Well, listeners, we realize again that this is an incredibly large book that we're barely scratching the surface of what all is going on in this book. I really would encourage you to spend some time walking through, reading through, listening through, meditating on, slowing down and meditating on the Psalms. There's just a wealth of wisdom there. There's a wealth of encouragement there. There's a a, a window into how do I go through struggles and pain and and trials there. It's an ongoing encouragement. I, I I didn't look it up, but I could have found any number of, there's a lot of church fathers that have quote have different quotes on the Psalms, just because of how significant it's been in the lives of so many believers over the course of thousands of years. But I encourage you to consider some of what we talk about as far as reading it very personally, reading it very slowly, meditating on it, looking for themes and looking for what the primary message is. Read it looking for where Christ is, looking for those messianic projections saying, one is coming who will set the heart right and who will fix the problem of sin. Um, and then that's that's basically where we land. Obviously, there's so much here that we haven't covered. Any, any final thoughts or encouragements for our listeners on this subject, Gordon? 
I would just say that God has blessed each one of us in this country of having the Bible mm. and being able to freely use it in our lives. Well, take up that blessing of the Psalms that God has provided for you. Yeah. And in your good times and in your bad times, it's there for you. Amen. Amen. Well, listeners, that's it for this week's episode on the book of Psalms. Um, I hope it's been an encouragement to you. Let me just give you a heads up on this coming Sunday. We will have services at 9 and 10.30. We'd love to have you join us for one of those services. Also, I want to mention again, I've been mentioning it last week as well, uh, moving into this summer, June 5th, the nine Sundays of this summer, we will move to our One Faith Summer Services. That's a worship service at 9 a.m., followed by a fellowship and educational hour at 10.30. We'd love for you to come to that. We'd love for you to stay for both hours to get to know somebody you probably haven't met before. Hopefully, it'll be an encouraging time over the summer uh, for us as a church. And thanks for taking the time to listen to this episode. If it's been helpful to you, remember you can always share it, rate it, or comment on it to help other people find it. And we hope you join us again next week for Proverbs on Midweek in the Word. Thanks for taking time to join us for Midweek in the Word. To hear previous podcast episodes, be sure to follow, like, and subscribe wherever you find your podcasts. To learn more about Faith Bible Church, please visit our website at www.faithbiblelincoln.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Faith Bible Lincoln or tweet us at FBC Lincoln. And now we leave you with these encouraging words from Hebrews 12. Let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith.